And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Uh, you are now tuned into anything's potable, the most honorable, the most audible. Hold the applause, like Paul Pierce when he was fresh out the hospital, like Antoine when he shimmied after shots went through. So tell me why you welcome to anything is potable. Boston Celtics podcast here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sam J.M. Packard, professional sports fan, and I'm joined by El Nino himself, the kid, the god, the legend. He's got some slight pit stains on his red V-neck t-shirt. Jay King, ladies and gentlemen. Those aren't slight. It's hot outside. (laughs) I was trying to be nice to you. Jay King from The Athletic, and we are coming to you because we just can't stop podcasting about the Celtics. Uh, Brad Stevens. The president of basketball operations. Is that his official title? That is correct. The Kaizen warrior, the mental alpha who leads the Celtics organization, the uh, biggest proponent of the growth mindset. He spoke today uh, with an interview in the media. Was it a press conference of sorts? It was a press conference. Yeah. And uh, what do you have to say? I don't know. Some some of us don't have all this time to just uh attend Brad Stevens press conference. Some of us have jobs to do, but apparently Jay was there asking questions. Joe Missoula is coming back. That makes a lot of sense to me. You know what would a not, have, you know what would not have made sense? Hiring your fourth coach in four years. That'd be the dumbest thing in the world. If they fired Joe Missoula and all these people are going crazy about like adjustments and everything like that. But like, no, you bring back the guy who got you to the Eastern Conference Finals, who got the job three days with three days of preparation, and you see if he can get better in year two. It's just like the most logical thing in the world to me. Yeah. And when you look at the entire situation and realize that the Celtics were so excited about his potential as a coach that they had him bypass everyone else on the staff to become Ime Udoka's replacement. It would make no sense to move on from him after he won 57 regular season games and fell one win shy of the NBA finals. Was was the Eastern Conference Finals bad? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Was the did he first... outcoach did he outcoach Eric Spolstra? <laughs> Absolutely not. However, Eric Spolstra is the best in the business. There is nobody better than Eric Spolstra. Nobody is going to outcoach him. And top, top th- two coach in the East, Joe Missoula, many are saying. It was a it was a disappointing end to the Celtics season because that was an amazing opportunity to at least reach the finals and then have a chance to beat Denver once they got there. But all the reasons they made him coach in the first place, I think it showed during the season. He he kept that locker room together during some shit. <laughs> Through some shit. And, and I think the fact that 
Jason Tatum said he did a great job. Jalen Brown came out and said, I got respect for him. Those guys stood up for him after the season shows that they, he had their support by the end of the season, even after a super disappointing loss. And that, that matters. And I also think part of the reason they, they hired him in the first place was because he is an absolute maniac about getting better and improving. And he's probably going to spend his entire summer holed up in some room, just looking back at everything, breaking down what he did wrong, what he did right, and what he needs to to improve. So I would be very surprised if he comes back as the same coach next season. I think he is going to be much better. I actually think he's going to end up being a very, very, very good coach. I just really think it's important for the sake of consistency to like allow the group to grow together. You look at the teams in the finals now. Spo has been there for a decade. Michael Malone's been there for eight years. It just doesn't make any sense to blow that all up. And I think it makes sense to come back with the same guy and able to kind of have the same group together and build. Um, one way they will not have consistency is that all the assistants are leaving and going to Houston. Not, not all of I, them, but like three of how many were left? Five, six? There's, yeah. So Emei could potentially recruit some of his former assistants to Houston. And there are a number of them uh, on the Boston staff right now. So we'll see how many guys leave. Even if everybody stays, Brad said today that they intend to hire an at least one assistant with a lot of NBA experience. Wait, so the report was that they might leave, not that they are leaving? Because I was seeing based on the Twitter. report was that they are leaving. I don't think that's finalized yet, is is what I'm saying. Oh, we got a source off. We got a source off, folks. Um, but with that being said, Joe Mazzulla did not get to really pick his staff last year. Also, with that being said, he does not have a lot of NBA experience. It's not like there's a Joe Mazzulla coaching tree. It's not like there's a bunch of guys who he's worked with the NBA with who he's going to be able to pluck from other organizations. Brad Stevens did mention that they're going to want to bring in a veteran guy. I've seen, oh my God, blanking on his name, Lakers coach recently, Frank Vogel. We've seen a lot of Frank Vogel speculation. I think it makes sense to bring in a guy with a, um, a lot of NBA experience, but it's going to be... And Frank Vogel and Brad used to see each other at the park in Indiana back in the day. Just any park? They, they, Just, they, lived, they lived in the same area and used to see each other at the park. One time I saw Brad Stevens at the park. Do you think I'm going to get a head coaching job? Not a head coaching no, job. No, but I'm just saying th those guys are very familiar with each other, know each other very well. Vogel would make sense as a possible uh, candidate for that role. But I think like any qualified guy who's been around the league for a long time and has a good reputation, I think could Strong be in the mix ethic, for, for that really, spot. How about a guy who really has like a, some talent connecting with players and working on court with players? Maybe he's uh, five foot ten, grew up in Cambridge, elite speed, quickness, and really can read uh, read defenses. Nick front Friedman, of, front of a bench position available? Question mark. Talk to me, Brad, if you want to open negotiations. Um, I won't officially be his agent probably ever, but I'd like to say I will once I graduate law school. Um, what else did Brad have to say today that was uh, interesting? I, uh, 
one of the most interesting parts was came when he was asked about Jalen Brown's future and the possibility of signing him to a contract extension, the Supermax extension this summer. And Brad said, I can't talk about that. However, <laughs> however, he then said, we very much consider him a part of our future and said that they love their foundation and love what they have and raved about Jalen. So without saying it, Brad gave every indication that the Celtics intend to extend Jalen Brown this summer and hand him that five-year, $295 million contract extension. He didn't say it. He couldn't say it. But he couldn't talk he, about it, but he could say there. He, he absolutely, <laughs> he absolutely indicated that their their plan, their hope is to keep Jalen Brown around for a long time. Where Which do I don't you... think I don't think that's like a surprise at all. But there was a lot of talk just because of the way the the Miami series went. Oh that... yeah, I mean Jalen Brown had an awful, awful, awful game seven. You know what else? Jalen Brown was a second team All NBA player this year and uh, has made vast improvements in every year he got in the league. Would I like to see Jalen Brown be better at dribbling, especially going to his left? Absolutely. Do I think Jalen Brown's going to come back next year and be better at dribbling? Yes. Do I think Jalen Brown is still an All-NBA player? Yes. Here's the question, though. And it's something I think J.J. Redick has brought up, and it's something I've been considering. They talk about, like, he brought up, like, redundancy at the position with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And, like, I am was generally under the opinion that it's, you can't have as, like, that many two-way wings who are 6'8", that, like, that's not an issue. But the thing that I thought was interesting is that we don't see any action on the offensive end that involves both of them. And I think it would be nice to see that and like somehow that kind of be worked into their game. But I don't know how you kind of do that when teams they're relatively the same size. So teams are just going to switch everything. And so it's less dynamic of an offensive attack than say like Murray Jokic or just a small and a big where there's like clearer size differentials. But like your, your microphone's getting weird. I don't know whether you got uh your headphones are too close to the mic or, or what's going on, but I got some weird noise coming from me. Okay. Well, did you hear the gist? You of sound my good rant? now. Yes, okay, I've cool. heard it all. I just didn't want the clicking sound to be a, a an issue for our podcast listeners. But yeah, the, and that's I, I I agree with you for the most part. Having two six seven six eight wings is what makes the Celtics very good and what gives them a chance to compete and contend and they're like those guys do everything they can play on the ball they can play off the ball they can guard point guards they can guard power forwards tatum sometimes guard centers jalen sometimes guard centers so their ability and versatility is really what the celtics are built around and and why they're very good for them to take the next step to me it's just like they need to just keep working on their decision-making and it can't stall out deep in the playoffs. Last year, they lost in the finals because Stephen Curry was infinitely better than Jason Tatum in that series. You can you can list a ton of other factors about what happened, late game execution, whatever. The biggest factor in that series was that Steph Curry was amazing and Jason Tatum really struggled. 
And it's the and same this, thing in this series as Caleb Martin was the best player on the history of the universe. Caleb Martin was better than Jalen Brown. And and when Caleb Martin is better than Jalen Brown, that is a major issue. So so that that's where they, they need to get better. And like you said, it's tough when your two best players are wings to have them in the same action all the time. I don't think you necessarily need them to be in the same action all the time. Like the Celtics had a very good they were second offense in offense most this of the year. season. Yeah. They they definitely their offense went away sometimes and and they need to figure out how to maintain just the little details against the most locked in smartest defenses. And they they had huge issues with that against the Warriors and even Miami last year and Milwaukee and they had huge issues with it against Miami this year. And I didn't think their offense was bad throughout the playoffs. I did think it was bad during a majority of that Miami series. And they, they just take away what you do best. And the Celtics didn't always have the answers. So that that's that's where those guys need to get better. I think Tatum had a great series against Miami. And he's clearly on a totally different level than Jalen Brown as a playmaker. But... Even him, like there's a gap between him and then like the truly amazing creators who can just pick you apart every single play, do things on their terms all the time. I don't think Tatum's quite at that level. And he, he can get there. He's still really young. But but that's where those two guys have to have to take strides. And look, like they're really good already. They almost won championship last year. If a few minutes of game four in that series had gone differently. They'd probably have a ring right now, but they don't. And they need to get over the hump. And part of that, I think, is Joe Missoula coming back a better coach. And part of that will be just those guys just sharpening it up, sharpening up the details on both sides of the court, really, against the like the real teams that are just totally consistent every single play. That's That's where the Celtics have issues. And clearly, I think Brad said this today that like they feel very good about the core and like there's still like little things they need to improve upon. But this core has shown you the ability to get to the Eastern Conference Finals in three of the last four years like this. They get you deep into the playoffs and sure they can improve upon that point. But like compared to where they are with the rest of the league, I think what there's maybe two or three rosters you would rather have than the Boston Celtics roster right now. And I think there's legitimate debates to be had about kind of like the new CBA and the second tax apron and spending all of that money um, on Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And I think the major consideration that, and I'm curious if Brad spoke to this today is like, how do you put pieces around them that are cost effective and where does like Grant Williams, who's a restricted free agent this summer fit into it? Yeah. And those are questions that are very important, obviously. And even Peyton Pritchard's future, right? He's extension eligible this off season. He's already made it clear. He wants to be somewhere where he can play. I think he's good enough. The Celtics could like if they went out and traded Malcolm Brogdon and tried to like switch him into like a, a wing, another long athletic wing or something, they could do that and just use Peyton Pritchard in that position. So I think 
the supporting there are questions about how they're gonna patch together the supporting cast and and then honestly they've had they played small a lot this year and they didn't play big too often i don't know how much longer they'll be able to use the double big lineup because al horford is not getting any younger and eventually playing him at power forward is just going to be like too much and he might have to transition to full-time center so does that mean you go out and want to find a legitimate like starting level power forward they 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 could still go out and use their picks and combine salary and go out and try to get a starting level power forward so that they can be bigger when they're small and well where does like where does grant williams fit into that because he's a guy who can play fours, can knock down corner threes, can do certain things. I agree. Like I, Al Horford, he can't keep doing this. And obviously his struggles shooting um, hurt them in the playoffs. But do you, where do you think they see Grant Williams? And where do you see Grant Williams? Like, can Grant Williams be a starting four in this league? In the right situation, Probably. Is that situation next to Jason like a, Tatum and Jalen Brown? A PJ Tucker type role. It 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 could work. I don't know if the Celtics are ready to commit to that. Obviously, Joe Mazzulla wasn't even ready to commit to him as a rotation member all the time. Yeah, that's probably because so, Grant's so annoying, though. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I think Grant would be a great guy to coach because he's dependable, he shoots the ball well. He's tough. He doesn't shy away from moments. Although he did miss those two free throws. Yeah, but he said he was going to make them both and then made fun of himself afterwards. I love I love Grant. I'm just giving him shit. Um, I think he could potentially fit in there. I think the, the interesting question is like, especially about the double bigs, is like, is Robert Williams ever going to be healthy for more than like 50 games in a year? Can you like rely on him to be a a starting center and like how do they kind of build up a a front court next to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown that's reliable because I do think Grant can be kind of a valuable piece and he's still young too I think he can evolve into a, a, a kind of a solid starter next to those guys he's not the most athletic but he certainly brings a, a physicality in the, like the PJ Tucker type I do think Brogdon trade if you were looking for kind of like ways to improve the roster that makes the most sense because especially in the playoffs, he felt kind of superfluous. That being said, his injury, I do think it hurt the Celtics offense just because I'm thinking back to just regular season games this year. There were so many times where he himself just went on like eight Oh runs or just scored randomly 12 points in the second quarter when Jason Tatum was on the bench, like the Celtics offense when Tatum was on the bench in the playoffs was pretty bad. And I thought, in the Philly series, he had some moments where Brogdon was really effective offensively. And I thought he was like a night, like him just being absolutely awful in game seven, I think really hurt them. But a healthy Brogdon, I think might have, might have I don't know, know if it would necessarily make a difference. But that being said, he has a, a large salary and the greatest potential, I think, to be on the move to kind of create, uh, I don't know, just bring new guys in here. Because otherwise, they they're... There's not really like many options, especially considering like the the new tax implications of the new CBA. 
This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Yeah, and and things will get harder for them in a couple of years when after Jalen's contract extension kicks in and then after the presumable Jason Tatum contract extension kicks in they're going to be committed to a lot of money for those two guys. And I think what some people are probably missing in their analysis of this is that the whole, I would guess the whole league dynamic is kind of going to switch where teams will still pay a lot of money to their top two guys and everyone else might take a hit. Can we just talk about this for a second? What terrible labor negotiation by the NBA players union. Like 90% of the guys in the league are not going to be the top two players and not going to get the max contracts. And then everyone else, their salaries are going to be depressed. That's not good representation for the union. You're just like Grant Williams. He's lucky that he's getting his, I guess, restricted free agency now. But like Grant Williams types role players in like two years, teams are not just going to have money to sign role players. And we're just not going to see big contracts for them. And it feels like it's a weird thing for the union to either not have acknowledged or not have anticipated. And so while stars and max players are going to get the giant contracts, it feels like it's squeezing out everyone else. Yeah, we'll see 
the full impact in time, but it does feel like it's heading toward a place where teams will be able to pay or will be forced to pay a ton of money to keep their top one or two guys around. And then everybody else is going to take a hit because of the apron. And yeah, just to be the, clear about like what the, the new second apron just severely restricts your ability to build a roster out. If you are over that, you can't trade first round draft picks. You can't send salary out. You can't have a mid-level exception, like all these kind of tools that teams use to kind of build their roster th- throughout the season. You're immediately just restricted from that. If you are over the apron and teams like the warriors and Clippers who are like tens of millions of dollars over it, I think are just going to have to bite the bullet uh, in the next couple of years. And maybe we'll see these teams do that. If like, they just like think they have a, a fine roster as it is, and they'll just be over the apron. But it, seems like the logical response for most teams would to do what they can to be under it, which means paying less for kind of role players. Yeah. So we'll see, we'll see exactly how it impacts the Celtics over time, but you could definitely foresee it being tougher to put a complete supporting cast around Tatum and Brown. And that's why I think those two guys are going to have even more on them to get better and better because Al Horford's not going to be able to play forever. He's he's 37 in two days. One day from the time you guys will be listening to this podcast. Robert Williams, can he stay healthy? And I think that's one of the biggest storylines for the Celtics going into next season. Can he stay healthy? Can he take over as the starting center? Because I, I honestly don't know how the double how long the double big lineup will still be effective we saw against miami that by going smaller and going faster miami was just able to take advantage of that look and they're they're tough to guard they got duncan robinson flying around screens and caleb martin was playing at a super high level and spolster's offense just makes you guard a lot it also feels like you should just have Derek white be a starter because you want him on the court for as much as possible and so having one big presuming the Jays and smarter on the court just makes the most sense moving forward. And that's what they did for the majority of this year. Yeah. And I, so I think moving forward, Robert Williams will probably become the starting center at some point, but in that role, it's, it's more impactful if he plays 35 games. Like if, if you need him to be the starting center, if you expect him to be the starting center and they, it's more impactful if he plays 35 games. It's more hurtful oh. if, if he plays if he plays just thirty five. Hurtful games. was the important word there you were missing because you said impactful. impact impactful. It could be In positive a negative impact. Way. It could be negative impact. Yeah, that's fair. So I've I've another I, question about the Brad press conference. Did he discuss Wick Grossbreck marching into the Celtics locker room after Game Three and reaming the team out for their lack of effort? Was he asked about it? He was not asked about coward. That. You were the one who reported that story. You're not even going to ask him. No, I was not going to ask. <laughs> well, Brad tell about his owner coming in and and screaming at his team. I thought you were supposed to be a journalist. I thought you were supposed to hold people accountable and hold their feet to the fire. For those who uh, have not read this, Jay, uh, I think Jared's story on the athletic. Can you just inform people of uh, exactly what happened there in that Miami locker room? Circular yes. locker room, by the way. Uh, so every all the focus was probably on Wick. He was probably standing at the center of the room in the circular locker room. Is it Miami. a circle? I don't Hell think yeah. it's a circle. At least the Miami one is. I don't know if the Celtics one is. Yeah, I, I, I don't think the visitor one is a circle. 
Uh, it's, it's kind of a small locker room. So after game three ended, obviously that was a disaster. They they fell down 3-0. They admitted later that they let go of the rope, became disconnected, whatever. And their owner, Wick, Wick just lit them up and told them that they need to play with balls. And <laughs> I would have been, I would have been so upset, man, as a player. Like you just took the worst loss of your life. And and the team owner comes in and just lights you up. It would have been a, a tough, tough moment. But they deserved it. Like they deserved a lashing at at that point. Maybe but that's man. what caused them to win the next three games. It was that, it was top golf. Maybe Wick should coach the team. Maybe he should. He, I mean, he already sits next to the court. He could just be a. He's probably got a good uh, vision for the game. He could just be whispering in Joe's ear. Yeah. Him and him and Frank Vogel running the ship next year. Maybe let's try out Donnie Wahlberg too. He seems to be at a lot of games. Millie's. Millie's is less consistent in attendance, but I bet he knows ball better than Donnie Wahlberg. Um, did Brad say anything else of interest at this press conference? Ah, really? He said, yeah, he said some stuff about Peyton Pritchard and Grant Williams basically said they're both good players who had their roles minimized to different extents because they just had a deep roster. Um, and I think their future with the Celtics probably depends on what else the Celtics are able to do. Like if you keep Brogdon, then Pritchard probably going to be pissed off and won out. If you don't keep Brogdon, Pritchard is totally capable of playing 15 minutes a game off the bench in, in that role. If he's the, the third point guard behind Marcus Smart and Derek White, that's totally, totally within his, his wheelhouse, I think. Um, and honestly, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if if he does end up actually playing a role in Boston next season and and they do make some sort of other move to 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 me, like power forward is the spot where they could use power forward is like because the double big won't work forever. And because going small can leave you susceptible in some cases, even though Derek White and Marcus Smart are both really good. I just think if you could get like a young athletic four with size, it would be really, really good for that team to yeah, make Tatum and, and Brown play uh, the two and three more often. Let's just get a magical four young athletic saying, who they, can shoot the three and play defense and is a great team character. They, they can load up three picks. They can they can load up a big offer. I think it's and to if if I were in charge, that's the type of player I would be looking for. It's obviously hard to get one of those guys, but that's that's exactly what I'd be looking for. Well, we've entered the off season of rampant speculation. And so we got a month till free agency even starts. I'm sure we will have many wild trade ideas uh over the podcast in the next coming weeks. Before we go. Quick prediction for the NBA Finals that start tonight. 
Nuggets in six. Nuggets in five, baby. I don't believe in the heat. I hate the heat. No heat matter how many times the heat prove themselves to me, I'll, I never pick them just because I don't see how they do it, but they do. They consistently, miraculously do. I'll say that with the caveat. Maybe Caleb Martin comes out furious because Tim Bontemps did not vote him for Eastern Conference how, MVP. But seriously, how mad are Celtics fans going to be when he averages like nine <laughs> points on 35% shooting in the finals? He just goes back to his normal regular season numbers. Uh, be so upset. Uh, be very upsetting. But you know what, folks? Anything is potable at this point. So who knows or who knows what will happen? We'll be back. We'll be tapering it down a little bit during the summer. We'll probably do a couple episodes a week. Um, maybe sometimes during the the slower periods, just one per week. But but we'll see. There uh could be an interesting offseason in some ways, though. Not as interesting now that Brad came out and stomped on all the Missoula speculation <laughs> and basically said that they're and hinted that they are going to hand Jalen Brown a supermax. I'm just excited for us to talk all summer and then basically just to run it back. Uh, and we're just going to talk about all these things they could do. And then they're just going to run it back because the team's still very good and still puts them in position to take a swing at the Eastern conference finals. And maybe they don't suck this time. Who knows? Maybe they won't suck. Who knows folks, but whatever happened. Oh, one other quote that cracked me up. I got, I got to run after this, but Brad was asked about what they need to take the next step. <laughs> and it was hilarious because I think it was it was a moment of honesty. And he's like, of all of the things you look at, said, if we had just been over 500 <laughs> at home in the playoffs, we would have been <laughs> in the finals and we would have had rest. It's like, yep, maybe, maybe don't. Totally, totally suck at home next season, Celtics. I don't know what good. I don't know what move Brad can make to turn on the not sucking at home uh button. I don't know what what he can do there, but maybe he'll figure it out in the offseason. Who knows? Anything is anything is possible at this point. Anything. Anything.